Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, an accredited legal operations professional and advanced certified paralegal, and your host to the Paralegal Voice. So if you can believe it, guys, we're halfway through 2022. I don't know where the year has gone. I don't know about you, but the rest of my year is going to be crazy. So I'm going to be traversing the country. I've got several conferences that I'm presenting at and a couple of webinars I'm doing. So needless to say, my next six months are going to be crazy. And speaking of conferences, I just returned from NALA's 2022 conference in Phoenix, Arizona, the JW Marriott, which was phenomenal. The conference was great. And it was so great to get back to in-person conferences. While this wasn't my first in-person, it was really Nala's first in-person since the pandemic. And it was so great to see everybody in person again. And really, the highlight of my conference attending there at Nala was getting to see someone who I have collaborated with in the past. And he's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's a legal tech innovator. He's an amazing guy. And he is our guest for today's Paralegal Voice, Maymay on Woody Way with Evasort. Welcome to the show, Maymay. Thanks so much for having me, Carl. It's a pleasure. And yeah, it was great hanging out in Phoenix and excited to chat today. It was hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Maymay was a speaker at the NALA conference, and he presented on a couple of different topics, one of which was entitled Corporate Paralegals in the Age of Contract AI, which stands for artificial intelligence, if no one knows that. But the other was space law, which was really fascinating. And that can be another show, Maymay. We need to do that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you've attended in person, or you did it virtually, or you're watching the recording, really today's Paralegal Voice podcast is for you. And so what I would love to chat with you about today, Maymay, is your session geared for corporate paralegals. And one of the things that you mentioned in that particular session was that AI adoption, you know, as AI adoption increases, really, corporate paralegals are going to move from generating contracts to validating and managing contract data, which I loved when you said that because it got me to thinking. And when I was thinking at first, like, you know, at face value, this seems like a situation where probably corporate paralegals in the audience were going, oh, I'm going to lose my job. You know, they're fearing for their jobs. But we know, you and I know, Mamie, that's not the case. So I want you to talk to the listeners that's listening to this episode, you know, how AI is going to assist paralegals, especially corporate paralegals, with validating and managing contract data. I want to kind of focus in on contract data. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's an excellent question, Carl. And- Um, I think the way that I would think about it is, you know, as you stated right now, how paralegals engage with contracts, you know, a lot from a contract data perspective is in the generation of that contract data, right? And folks might be thinking, when am I generating contract data, right? You know, maybe when you're entering information into a CLM, maybe when you're keeping track of dates, you know, in an Excel sheet. But even when you go and you name a document, you know, Acme, Disney, NDA 2010, right? The reason that you're naming it in that way is so you can quickly go back in the future and just by looking at the file name, know what's inside the contract, right? And so that in itself is kind of a way of keeping track of contract data, right? And so when you think about it from that facet, when there's these fire drills and issues that that arise, right? There might be kind of, you know, GDPR changes, right? You know, there could be COVID where you need to find force majeure, right? Or even, you know, sanctions against certain countries where you need to find where do we have exposure 
during our contracts, right? You know, those might manifest as different use cases and issues, but the core issue is that, you know, if you don't have visibility into your legal and business obligations that you've agreed to in contracts, you need to quickly find out what your legal and obligations are in your contracts, right? And so a lot of times folks are tasked with going through those contracts and looking for that language and generating that data. And that's a very reactive stance, right? And so what we're saying is, as more folks adopt artificial intelligence to actually be structuring the data in these contracts passively. So as you're storing 10,000 documents, you also have visibility in the 60 plus data points into those documents. You won't have to do those kinds of fire drills anymore because you'll have that visibility into your contract. You won't be choosing 10 out of 80 things in your contracts to track so that any time you need to know something outside of the 10 data points you've chosen to track, it's a fire drill. Instead, you'll have that data, right? And so when a world where you have that data that allows paralegals to free themselves from generating that data, but instead look at these opportunities to optimize things within their contracts, right? You know, looking for inconsistencies, looking for early payment discounts or late payment termination penalties that you can seize on to save funds. You can take that stance once a paralegal is armed with contract data instead of tasked with generating it. That's perfect. And, you know, in your session at the conference, you talked about knowing when to use AI. So what is our ultimate goal when using AI? Is it just really data mining? Is that really what we're using AI for? If you could give a short explanation, you know, to the listeners, what is a best practice of when to use AI and how? Mm-hmm. Now, that's such a good question. And, you know, I was even a little bit irresponsible with how I talked about AI in my last uh, couple sentences, because to your point, it's much more than just kind of data mining contracts, right? And I think, you know, as an industry of legal technology, we've been a bit irresponsible with slapping artificial intelligence and AI on everything without being clear about what's, what's being done, right? So what I was just talking about, right, passively structuring the data in contracts so folks have you know dashboards and visibility to take action right what i'm really talking about versus a vague moniker of ai is automated content extraction, right? Which is the idea that there's content in these contracts that we want to extract automatically, right? But that's only one specific use case for AI, not even legal, but just in contracts, right? You could think of AI tools that might instead automatically review contracts, right? Based upon your playbooks, right? You might accept this language in certain situations. Maybe the AI is able to assess the document and see whether or not you're going to uh, whether or not you're going to sign it or whether or not it needs to be escalated to a human, right? So maybe instead of a human reviewing 100% of the agreements, maybe only 50% really rise to the level that human needs to touch and they can spend their time elsewhere, right? You could even think of an AI from a classification perspective, right? You know, we've built algorithms that will go through 10,000 documents and say, hey, these are the contracts and these are the non-contracts because people don't have visibility. Um, or even the idea of, hey, we have these parent-child agreements, right? Maybe we have these, you know, amendments, tens and hundreds of amendments we've been doing with these same vendors, can we have an AI go through that mess of contracts and actually order them based off that familial connection, based off of the kind of uh, the dynamics going in there, right? And so there's a lot of use cases for artificial intelligence uh, within legal and also within uh, kind of contracting. And I think of it as, you know, even though you don't think of LinkedIn or, you know, Tesla or, you know, Google 
or Spotify as AI companies. That's really what they are. And, you know, we should not be surprised that the different tools that we're leveraging in legal are benefiting and using AI because it's happening across our lives and across many different domains as well. So, Maymay, you were talking about some of the tasks that AI can help with. What are some of the higher level tasks that AI can help when we're talking about, especially for the world of a corporate paralegal? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. I mean, I would say that what's really enabled is folks to attack higher level issues that they wouldn't be able to attack without it, right? And so if you look at right now, how folks look at playbooks, for example, right? You know, it would be a massive project to go and say, hey, I want to revamp our negotiating playbooks and make them more efficient, right? But if you look at your contracts as data, you'd look at the outcomes of those negotiations as data points, right? And you could say, hey, actually, even though we say that we only accept governing law in New York, 30% of the time, we're doing them in Texas, right? And so every time we're saying we don't do Texas, we might be adding a couple of days of negotiation that don't need to be added, right? And so by arming folks kind of with some of this advanced data, you know, in addition to the advanced tasks like negotiating, I was talking before, but it allows folks to do more advanced tailored use cases that, you know, without the visibility into the underlying data, they don't know how to make those changes to make things more efficient. Your answer literally just blew my brain all over the place because I am working on a project of implementing new tech in our legal department. And part of this will also involve me creating new playbooks where playbooks didn't necessarily exist. And you just kind of blew my socks off because I really didn't think about that particular task using AI. So look, guys, me even asking Maymay questions, I'm learning stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Maymay. <laughs> well, I'm happy to. So using AI can really help not only the paralegal with their respective daily work life, but you said in the presentation at the NALA conference that it can help with the business goals and strategies. Tell the listeners a little bit of how can AI really help accomplish business goals and strategies. Yeah, and this is, I think think this really excites folks because, you know, for so long folks have seen, there's kind of been business issues where you might not bring in legal, illegal operations, right? You know, but we see examples with like during COVID, we saw some companies who, because of supply chain issues, you know, were not able to deliver all of the, you know, items that they were prescribed to, right? And so they had an issue, right? And that's not an issue typically where you'd say, hey, ring up legal operations. You know, we need to do some contract review, right? You'd be thinking, hey, you know, we'd have a finance conversation, right? But legal operations was able to actually say, hey, you know, with a lot of our customers, we have a clause in there called the partial shipments clause, right? Which says that if we only can provide a partial amount of the shipment, we would still get paid pro rata versus delivering not all of it and getting paid nothing. And so, you know, just one data point isn't helpful, but to be able to quickly get an algorithm and find that information across all of your tens of thousands of agreements, you now can quickly say, hey, finance, if we focus on delivering to these particular customers and clients, it will be the most financially 
kind of important to us, right? And so even though contracts are viewed by and kind of, you know, are held by legal in many organizations, you know, contracts are the most important data point out of business, right? It manages and kind of controls every customer, supplier, and you know, uh, employee relationship, right? And so being able to mine that information, even if it's legal, is going to have impact throughout an organization. It's funny that you're saying that and, and kind of keeping it, you know, on the contracting side, I was just thinking about, you know, within the next year, part of, you know, after we implement technology and establish certain policies and playbooks around this certain workflows and processes, that's where AI helps, even not just the contracting world, but, you know, the spend world, the legal spend world and understanding, because a legal department typically is always called a cost center, but really we're revenue protectors. And as such, we have technology like AI to help us really be able to drive the business even in the legal department and help the business as an enterprise achieve the goals and strategies that they're implementing. Agreed 100%. And it's, uh, I think that this vision is the right one and really elevates the role of legal in organizations. So in the conference, in your session, you referred to, and I loved this, you called it Corporate Paralegal 2.0. So for the listeners that maybe they attended virtually or they now listen to it recorded, how can a corporate paralegal level up to being, you know, that 2.0 paralegal in-house? How can AI help level up the paralegal? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think it it's really around doubling down on some of that when we talked about early on about the shift from generating contract data, you know, to instead, you know, leveraging and managing it, it's being able to kind of put yourself and get skills on that side of it. And so, you know, it can be as advanced as kind of being able to train algorithms and a lot of advanced systems, you know, for contract management make it really simple to do that and spot check. But it's also being able to, you know, when you have a, you know, vendor who is offering an, a tool that has AI, instead of just sitting back and listening to them you know, say that, it's actually engaging and saying, hey, let me test that, okay? Let me, if you claim it can do X or Y, here's a contract you've never seen before right now, show me your tool doing that, right? And taking that active role. Because I feel like a lot of folks right now, because it's AI, it's technology, it's kind of advanced, you know, folks kind of shy away, right? Even though folks use Spotify every day, right? And if Spotify stopped using AI, you would know within one song, right? And, you know, uh, folks should be comfortable in actually being able to test and evaluate these things. And so I think a paralegal who's comfortable with those kinds of technologies, who knows how to actually evaluate and spot check algorithms, and ultimately will be able to have new use cases that come up. And instead of having to dive through tens of thousands of pages and track something new, is able to take a few examples and train a robust algorithm to find that and then leverage that because of the time saved. You know, that's the stance that, that, that we kind of talk about when we say corporate 2.0. And it's not just, you know, we, we're kind of focused in on the corporate paralegal, but AI plays a, and does and can have a role in virtually every practice area. May, you may not be using as as fully as the legal department of Google, 
But AI is there. And, you know, if you're an individual that is reluctant to, you know, learn about some of this technology out there, especially when it comes to AI, you're going to be left behind. And so, you know, it's important for all of us paralegals, no matter what practice area that you're working in, to stay on top of. Because the second you quit learning is the second you get left behind, you become irrelevant as a professional. So that's my little tidbit there. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Let's take a short commercial break. I know we're right up against the time. So listeners, don't turn that dial. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C. And get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com simple. Welcome back to The Paralegal Voice. Before the break, we were talking with Maymay about being a corporate paralegal 2.0, which I loved, by the way, Maymay. So... How can AI assist when, you know, you want to take what's in the contracts and get value from them? How, how does that work? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the first thing you need to do is to take your contracts and look at them from a data perspective. And so we actually have a, one of our partners, uh, Jeff Marple from KPL. You know, he always says contracts are tiny jails for data, you know, and you need to take that approach, right? And so when you look at your contracts, you need to see that, If it's just a bunch of documents and folders, that's unstructured data, right? Think about the questions you can't answer. Whether someone said, hey, show me every force majeure that references epidemics, pandemics, or quarantines. You know, you might scoff at them, like, I can't just do that, come on. But it's 2022 and your car can drive you to work and you should be able to do that, right? And so when we say structuring the data in your contracts, we mean knowing every single effective date, every single expiration date, every single renewal term, every single indemnity, every single liability. I'm not saying, oh, I know half of them, or we started tracking this data point at this point. No, if you don't have the data for every single document, then it's not robust enough to give you the visibility that you can rely on, right? And once you have that structured data from all your contracts, then you can go to finance and say, hey, I actually looked at all of our sales agreements, and even though we always say that we only do 90-day termination for convenience, did you know that 30% of our agreements have something that's 10 days or 15 days or under for termination for convenience? So if we have the worst 15 days ever, it looks like this. 
But did you also know that of those 30% of the contracts, half of them are coming up for renegotiation or expiration in this next fiscal year? So by doing targeted renegotiations, we can bring that risk from here to there, right? That's a conversation that's not even happening, right? Because folks don't even know that data exists. But once you actually structure the data in your contracts, you can start asking questions to it. You can start engaging with it, right? I mean, that's how Google has made the internet manageable by structuring the data of it and allowing you to query it, right? But you don't have that same capability for the contracts and legal obligations and business commitments that your company's made over the last decade. And that needs to change. I loved your what you just said a second ago. What was it about the tiny jail cell? Oh, yeah. that's Once again, Jeff Marple from uh, Kiesel Propulsion Labs KPL. But contracts are tiny jails for data. I love that. <laughs> I'm I'm stealing that. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's been stolen. I mean, I am holding it right now. <laughs> so so I'm, I want to get a tiny bit tech geeky for our tech geeks out there that are listening. And let's talk about algorithms. And for those that may not know much about what an algorithm, when we're talking about the term algorithm, in the simplest terminology, algorithms are really a step-by-step instructions that really help a computer complete something, a calculation, for example, but basically telling the computer to do something. When it comes to mining contract data, for example, you know, algorithms can help execute on what you're wanting the computer to do. And you talked about in your particular session at the conference about algorithm development. So how does a paralegal assist, and you just mentioned it a second ago too, how does a paralegal assist in the development of algorithms when using AI? Yeah, most definitely. And so, I mean, one, most, if you're looking at AI contract management, you know, tools in that space, you should always have ones that have a robust catalog of AI that works out of the box, right? Because you shouldn't have to be, you know, a data scientist to kind of leverage these tools, right? Just like not to be a data scientist, use Spotify or Google, right? Or to drive a self-driving car. And so there should be some level of native algorithms, right? But of course, there's a lot of use cases that come up and people didn't know that they need to know their force measures until 2020, right? And so there's going to be situations where, you know, you need to track new things. And in those situations, I would look for tools where you can provide both positive training and say, hey, these are some examples of what this clause looks like, you know? And so you can give that language to the AI. But we can also do in some of these advanced systems as well, like Eversort, is provide some negative examples too and say, hey, you know, this is something that, you know, might look like it, but no, it's not this, right? And so when you're talking about those situations, and we can dive in a little bit deeper into kind of spot checking accuracy and kind of, you know, developing, I say that's important. I think, you know, one thing that, you know, we've seen that's super helpful is that, you know, it's, it's not just the AI alone. AI is a really fun word, but how about Boolean search, right? How about being able to, as you do in Westlaw, say, hey, show me documents that have, you know, maybe the word indemnity five words away from supplier, right? And so now if I'm trying to train an algorithm to find a supplier indemnity, I can train one, but then I can tell the AI, hey, go through my documents, show me situations where we didn't find this clause, but we did find words like supplier indemnity. And then I can kind of find my own false positives, put those in there and kind of train the AI with the things it missed, right? And so there's a lot of tactics like that that, that you know, I think you know, folks will be getting more skill on. To me, algorithms are like, you know, teaching a child how to identify 
a circle versus a square. You're training the child to visibly recognize the difference. And you talked about teaching AI. There's different ways to teach it. So how do you train AI? Yeah, it's really about, you know, providing it different kind of visibility examples. And what we went into in the session, too, were different types of AI, right? You got a computer vision, and we talked about extraction and classification as well. Uh, I'll tell you with Eversword, we actually started this company as law students at Harvard and data scientists at MIT, right? I was a 1L when our CEO was a, was a 2L, right? And we actually spent three years at the Harvard Innovation Lab, you know, where we had, took millions and millions of contracts. We didn't even have computer scientists, we only had data scientists. We didn't have a platform. We just had algorithms. We were just training AI by providing it kind of millions and millions of these different kind of varied examples. And so, of course, the idea is that when it reaches something new and sees something it hasn't seen before, it can take its learnings from the past and interact with it and kind of provide folks uh, kind of the answers they're looking for. And so, I mean, I think something that's really important in all of this is to always test, test, test live. People can talk about this all the time. You know, if you're sending a contract a day ahead, you know, that you shouldn't be doing that. You know, Google only takes a couple seconds. You know, it shouldn't take more than a couple seconds to analyze your contract. Um, and, you know, you buy these tools so they work on documents that you've never seen before, right? Not just so they work on your templates. You generally know what's inside of those, right? And so always make sure that when you're getting tools that they're flexible enough to work on contracts as not seen before. And the easiest way to do that is just to simply throw a document in, test it, something that you haven't sent beforehand, and see if it can handle it. You hit the, for me, you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about asking what the AI does from the vendor and testing the AI. The worst mistake a paralegal or a legal operations professional can do is to not deep dive before you implement because you never want to be on the other side of that fence and realize, well, I'm getting crappy data because I didn't fully understand what the AI for this particular product did. And I didn't ask the vendor the right questions and I didn't test it. To me, that's a big part of when you go to look at and identify a vendor that you want to start using for AI, exactly what you said, test, test, test. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when you don't test? When you don't test, then you get it. And then you realize you have to spend months training it And then, you know, each new thing has to get trained and you want value. The beauty of AI is that it can analyze 50,000 contracts in a day. And we've had places where we've done negative implementations because the proof of value was then sending 50,000 contracts, us analyzing it, giving them all that data. And then they afterwards say, hey, we want to use this product, not buying the product and then finding out that after you have a three-year commitment that the AI doesn't work and that you have to instead maybe have someone offshore type in the information, which is out of date the second you get it because you're going to be getting new contracts, right? So. Yeah. I mean, all I'm hearing when you and I are sitting here discussing this very issue is dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, because you're costing the company money, especially if you're having to train and train and train the AI because you didn't test it ahead of time. Yikes. Because, okay, six months, you have a product that's pretty much useless because you can't tap into its value pretty much from the start. Exactly, exactly. And it's, uh, and so hopefully, I think that 
I think that hopefully things are changing for folks. And I hope that instead of being advanced and wow, you know, if you look at the other technology we use every day, this is really where things should be in our industry. Your car shouldn't drive you to work to go copy-paste clauses, right? Right. Exactly right. Let me ask you this. We've got one more question before we run out of time. But what kind of data can AI really assist a corporate paralegal be able to track? What's some of the data types? That's a great question, right? And so when we think especially about the type of, you know, because I'm talking about automated content extraction from contracts, just because AI can do so much, I'd say a big thing is really, it's always going to be the data that resides within your contracts, right? And so, like, we can't really do performance, right? Because we don't know if you've actually gotten performed against that contract out in the field, right? But when it comes to what you've committed yourself to, right, you know, what are the different, I think of it like this. It's actually, we're going to look back at the conversations like this in 10 years, and it's going to be crazy to us that you would sign a contract with hundreds of legal and business commitments and only track 10 things. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually, if you look at the way that kind of we're doing things now, it's out of an era where the cost for tracking an additional contract data point was incredibly high because you had to have someone go and review all of your thousands of agreements just to learn one more thing, right? And so we lived in a whole legal industry that assumes, even though we're here to mitigate risk and make sure our company has only the best commitments on top, we're actually not going to track what those commitments are because it's too hard. (laughs) Like, you know, but like we're actually in a time now when you can, and that transition is interesting and scary, but I think fun. And I think that, you know, looking back in a couple of years, you know, right now it sounds kind of wild in 10 years, it would be negligent not to do the things that we've been talking about today. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Well, unfortunately we're running out of time, but as Long-time listeners know I always have a fun question. And, May May, your question, should you choose to answer it? <laughs> if you could implant your own intelligence into an artificial life form, would you? And I always think about the Big Bang Theory episode where Sheldon decided he wanted to stay in his bedroom and he didn't want to interact with humans, so he was going to become, quote-unquote, a robot. So it was a iPad and a webcam and on this <laughs> computerized thing that he could drive around. But be that as it may, I mean, if you could put your intelligence in some sort of artificial life form, would you do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so one, let me just say, I do think this technology is way more close than we think. And I always say that the biggest argument I'm going to have with my kids is going to be about brain chips, just like it's about cell phones with my parents. Um, uh, That being said, you know, not now. I wouldn't jump the gun. But, you know, if it's like I'm very old, things are about to go, and then there's this kind of, you know, digital nirvana, um, yeah, I might be on that. (laughs) You and I are just going to be a giant head in a (laughs) glass bowl that's (laughs) our intelligence will be in some machine. Um, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, May May, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. If the listeners wanted to reach out to you, how could they reach out to you? What would be the best way? Well, uh, May May is M-E-M-M-E, and you can find uh, me, May May, on Woody Way on LinkedIn. Or if you want to just reach out, you can email me at May May at Eversort.com, E-V-I-S-O-R-T. Perfect. May May, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And, um, Stay tuned, guys, because I'm sure Maymay and I will continue to do articles and who knows what, right, Maymay? 
Oh yeah, a hundred percent, and definitely uh, check out the the article that we we've done in the past about kind of different paralegal pathways. It was it was an excellent uh, piece. Absolutely, thank you, May May. All right, hang tight, everyone. We'll be right back after this short break for station identification. Hey, Gee, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Gee, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. And that's all the time we have today for The Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. And stay tuned for more information and upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging and fun interviews from leading paralegals and other leading legal professionals. Thank you for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com, find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and reminding you that I am here to enhance your passion and dedication to the paralegal profession and make your paralegal voice heard.